I don't know the date. It's like October 15th, maybe. Um, welcome to Film Roundtable. It's been a while. Uh, I have Reed Murano with us today and Bradford Young with an airplane flying over me. I'm sitting outside on set. Um, that was very dramatic. The fighter jet. Uh, yeah, it was a little sound design that I put in there. Um, so happy to have the two of you here. Uh, obviously, Reed, for those of you who are familiar with us, uh, Reed and Brad helped us launch the Film Roundtable, which was June of 2020. And a lot has happened in the world since then. Um, <laughs> so we're here to reflect on what's going on. And um, before we start, I would just uh, like to take a moment of silence for many, many things. Um, the first is to just honor um, the 4,550,000 deaths, COVID deaths worldwide, and the 722,000 deaths in the United States alone. Um, I would like to honor all of our black and brown brothers and sisters, First Nation brothers and sisters, our Asian brothers and sisters, our Muslim brothers and sisters, the Afghans, uh, all, it's so many people to honor right now. There's been so much pain in this last year and a half and just we're all grieving as a community and as a collective. And I would just really like to take this moment and close our eyes and just breathe and just feel into that and um, you know, offer some love out into the world. So let's just take a minute. Thank you so much. Um, so I think we're just going to chat and um, I'll probably let Bree, uh, Brad and Reed take it on their own. Um, since I seem to be right next to an airport, I'm going to mute myself. I might chime in. I might have to step away and go back to set. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy to have them both here and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So thank you both. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Reed. <clears throat> I know you're super busy, so thank you for. How do I? Be? It, hey, it took a, it was it took a lot of effort to get me in there. So, but you but you are busy. So. That's because I didn't, I I can't get out. I can't get a catch a break here. But I would like to have a break soon. Uh, that's the goal. I'm working towards that, wrapping things up. When you take, when you find, when you finally take that break, what, 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 you, what you gonna do? What's your dream? What you dreaming about? Um, going home and cleaning my house and unpacking and setting up my kids' rooms, right. and bringing them to you know doing their homework with them and bringing them to school and I've got to do a little bit of that and I like really want to do that because it's weird I always it, it's like it's very exciting to go and travel and do things and I obviously I love my job but sometimes uh you get <clears throat> a little too much of a what you be careful what you wish for and then you feel 
a level of responsibility for, you know, definitely different things. Um, for me, it's for the, that I have to see this thing through because uh, so many people that I care about worked really, really hard on it. And I can't like walk away and not make sure it uh, does their work justice, you know? So there's that, but then, yeah, you kind of, then you get into a situation where you're called upon all the time, you know, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. And in the middle of when you're supposed to be doing something with your kids or bringing them to school or um, just anything for your family and stuff. So it's sort of like what, you know, you have to make a choice at a certain point, but I guess at this point, I'm like, all right, get this done the right way and then take a little time to sort of rejuvenate and like be live a normal life where I can like watch what's happening at home right. and learn something <laughs> from or, from the real world right right <laughs> not the alternate film universe yeah the make the world of make-believe I mean last time we spoke we were all you know it was at the beginning semi-beginning of the pandemic so we felt really strongly about not returning back to like the way it was you know um so outside of the fact that you're still cutting <laughs> the same film that you were working on when it first started like what has what do you see has not necessarily in an industry because it's kind of like who knows but like for yourself what have you what have you mandated for yourself well Anything? have you had room to do that or has it just been I haven't been as good. I mean, look, we were, I was talking a big game the last time we. <laughs> right. But it is, it still is in my head. And I'm still like, I gotta, um, you know, draw the line in certain places. And so I've, I've been drawing the line in where I can in a reasonable way. I'm obviously like in a different position now. And I have a little bit of a, you know, I have to be a little more understanding because I weirdly am you know, my whole career was mostly, I was below the line. And then, you know, for example, on this job, I'm an EP and directing. And so, but I can't get it out of my head that I'm still, like, I'm always, my mindset is that of a, of a crew member, you know? So, but I always, but even as a crew member, I would like never do things halfway. So, so, but I always accepted what I was told that I was going to have to do or what I was being given. <clears throat> so even as a, so now in this position where maybe I could put up more boundaries or ask for more things, I, um, I don't automatically think of that because I still, I was a DP for so long that I didn't really understand, you know, what more could I, you know, what more rights do I have? And but it's also a weird position to be in to say that, it, oh, it's so hard for me because I'm in that position now and I asked for this. And obviously like the benefits are way different. It's a totally different thing. So it's not even mm. relatable to what I did before. Right. But, you know, you're also in a position where you're like, well, what can I do to, to sort of make it better in the future? Because I don't really want to do this if it's going to make 
it's like 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 I was saying at one point I was saying this thing about how like it's one thing if I want to do this crazy job and like be on call 24 7 even though I'm not a doctor and it's not fucking that important what I do right like that's one thing but like when we do the actual shooting and stuff and even now like working with my editor who is like I think go there's going to be major mental ramifications for the hours that we've had to put in together because you know what she's doing is not easy and it's similar to like when we're on set and we're being told we have to jam seven pages in to a a 12-hour day or you know luckily I mean lately I've been working a lot overseas and there we're supposed to be having a 10-hour day and working French hours so the same idea like I don't want I don't get the best out of everybody when they're being um overworked and I don't want anyone to be overworked it's like it takes the time it takes right 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 and how does that do you think I mean you had that you're in that you're in that powerful position where you like you directed on a series you know what I mean that was very successful um you know Handmaid's Tale for those who don't know I'm sure everybody watching knows what I'm talking about (laughs) You know, you got major recognition for it, which then, you know, I mean, we all like, we all knew, you know what I mean? It's like, there's all, you know, we like talk amongst one another. We always saying, well, that one, you know, that person is not real. I mean, there's an incredible cinematographer, but they're like, they have the mind of a director. Like, you know, I always, I always think of you that way. I always think of like Jody that way. I always think of like Sean Peters that way. I always think of like Malik Saeed that way. You know, there's a whole posse of cats that I know are like, really? You know, I mean, you all are artists, so you can't be limited to the like being behind the camera. You have you have bigger stories to tell. So, you know, you were always I could see it in your work. I would, like I could always see that your cinematography was increasingly getting more and more um, like felt and interesting for me. Like I was super like, damn, what's we doing? And like I was off my house like, oh, well, she's doing that. I'm gonna try that too. You know, this. So there's that thing where I can see you growing as you would in your craft as a cinematographer. But in the background, I could also see how like you very much directorial in the way you photograph things. So it makes sense that you would be on, you know, you know, you would, you know, you know, you would be doing the rhythm section or you would now be working on this series or this, the film that you're working on now, the series you're working on now. So do you, how does, how do you feel that you're able to carry, how are you balancing that, that thing as an image maker who understands what it's like to be below the line but also at the same time, somebody that's not an executive producer and a director on a on a series. You know what I mean? Like, how do you? And if and if and if 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 you feel like you kind of already answered that, like, how do you see crews? How do the crews respond to like? Because now you get a chance to mandate. Now you're on that platform. You get a chance to mandate what the days look like. You know, are you able to be like? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. Like, it's like you get certain jobs I do think I would have I can have a real effect on like for example if I go on to shoot like another if I go on to shoot like an indie feature mm-hmm. either a web whether someone else is DPing it or I'm DPing it if I'm DPing it you know the budget's gonna be small and yeah that means it's gonna be a lot to do but also that means right. we're gonna have a lot less days and we're gonna just fit in as much as we can into that box right maybe depending on what that is I can have a bit more of an effect on the schedule and trying to um, look at it like 
you know, this day we're going to need additionals because we want to go home at a decent hour and just sort of fight for those things. And I can do ask for those types of things too on the series, like the additionals and all that. But <clears throat> I don't always, because this one in particular is such a big machine. I didn't always get to sort of, there was so much happening at once that I didn't always get to sort of like be like how many people are additionally being brought in in each department to ensure that we actually make our day and we don't like go into crazy overtime. And, you know, we always at the end of a shoot would have like a day that was a day from hell that would be, you know, and, and I don't feel comfortable with that or like that, but then that doesn't stop sometimes everybody's going as fast as they can and then you know there's always extenuating that's what happens on set it's the murphy's law like everything seems to be going well every department's like got what they need and are coming in on time but like then suddenly there's some sort of out external uh delay that is preventing things from shooting and there's just things that happen and sometimes it's like coming from above or it's like notes or it's you know, someone's something is it always goes wrong. And, and that's part of our job. Like that's right. what we're problem solvers. But right. so I do try to always sort of figure out what is the path of least resistance, because like if I see uh, something taking too long, like for me personally, but also like when I'm shooting, if if I'm I rarely let myself get into to like that lighting vortex if I can avoid it. But like lately when I was shooting, I was shooting things for myself that were really contained where I could just sort of get out of it and say, it's easier when you're DPing for yourself because then you just say to yourself, like self, I know you don't fucking like the way this looks right now, but you can totally fix that in the DI. And also no one else is going to care about you because (laughs) so it's a much easier situation. So now I actually can have an effect on that. It is a little trickier when I'm working with another DP because I just have so much respect that like, I'm not going to sit there and be like light faster, like fucking right. <laughs> Cause sometimes you're just trying to guess you're like throwing, like, you know, you're, you're sort of like just trying to throw everything at the wall in case, cause you don't want to be surprised later by what suddenly the, a director decides to do. So the directors right. really do have an effect on this thing. And there are times but you know and i've seen it all like when i was shooting like i would see people that would have temper tantrums and they would take forever to do shit because they were mad about something else or they would like do a billion takes and you're like why are you doing a billion takes when nothing's changing from take to take (laughs) i don't get why we're on take six or eight of this because i'm not 100 sure what's and then i'd like be to the actor like what's changing i'm like i don't know nothing (laughs) and I've seen those types of things happen. So the only effect I can really have, like, I mean, the real effect I can have on these things now is sort of being like making sure I don't get caught up in doing something too many times just because I'm having fun doing it. Cause that's also if I'm still operating the camera, which I love, but like, or if I'm not getting something I, and I'm not getting it one way, I just try to really quickly pivot and think of another way fix it so i'm not like sitting there trying to get a one or a thousand times without finding a way to cut into it and like the usual so i try to fix it in that way which is what i didn't have control over when i was a dp um i try to think like what would i if i was the dp in this situation right now what would 
wish the director was doing and then do that like and not be like and I really just what a lot of things I do on set and I think you know the people who know know like my DP or my crew or whatever a lot of things I do on set are to save time because right, right. I still have that indie mentality you know that's it right. Like it's most of the time, it's just throw the camera on my shoulder. Let me go handheld. I'll hose it down. We'll be done and we'll get it before the sun goes down. Right, right. <laughs> in those moments. Yeah. In those but, the, but in terms of like doing stuff with the producers and trying to like, I just am not, um, they don't, they, they try to keep you in the dark a lot, even when you're directing. And they, they do, I've had certain jobs where they tell me everything and they're like, you got to get the schedule down. You got to cut like five days out of this whole schedule. And then I'd be like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And then go to the script with the writer and be like, we're going to cut pages. We got to cut scenes, literally scenes. And so we, on that level, I definitely try to do that. And then there's certain things you just can't tell the story without. You have right. to get, because you know, someone later is going to want, is going to be like, why didn't you get that? And so, but I think where the problem really begins is with, um, you have to sort of try to do it within your means. And I think the more information that I have about the money and the way it's being spent too, which is not always the information I get, like I couldn't tell you what our budget is right now on this show. Right, right, right. <laughs> Crazy that as a DP, you always know, you know, right. um, you always know what the shoot budget is, at least for your section. But um, I, I think that the money how it's basically saying like do you want to you know how do you want to do this do you want to do it like let's not maybe have this huge of a crew like maybe have us maybe like let's fit into this box monetarily let's let's get more days and have and do this a little bit more intimately or something if you can but some shoots yeah. just aren't designed like that you know right right it's that th it's that thing of like you know the constant it happens more on commercials. I haven't, we'll get into that. My film life right now is like in whatever, but the- You should talk about yours. It's more interesting than- No, nah, it's not. <laughs> uh, but like the commercial, you know, it's like commercials always find that, um, you know, the creative never matches the money. So it's like, when I get a budget or somebody's asking me, or if they ask me for my lighting, lighting or whatever, I don't even give a list anymore. You know, the gaffer doesn't listen and the gaffer comes back to me and says, hey man, they don't have money for this, 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 and this. And I'm like, Something, something's not working here. The matrix don't work. <laughs> you have like the producer who's bidding on the job, who's like lowballed the places where they know they can, you know, where they feel they, they, you know, they have their own wisdom. I'm not saying they're not useful, but they have their own like thing they have to figure out to get to book the job and then, the director comes on and then they like, they're not, we're, you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about the art, the craft, getting the thing, getting yeah. the feeling, having fun, you know, playing around, doing whatever it is. And also keeping your promise to the people that you say you're going to do this concept, you know, and, you know, commercials are so much more restrictive because people really want you to stick to the thing that you promise you to give them. Um, so by the time it comes to us, it's like, what? Hold on, you did what for how? You only have $10 for lighting, but what's that got to do with like, you know what I mean? So many arbitrary, seemingly arbitrary things, decisions that are made because people have to like, you know, keep that money in check, you know what I mean? And so I think for us, not that it makes, you know, not that there's like a natural bridge or like a natural trajectory from 
cinematography to directors. I mean, you know, there are a lot of cinematographers that tried to direct it, did not succeed. You know what I mean? You're a rare, you're a rare entity within yourself because you made you made the leap so gracefully, you know what I mean? And um, but I say all to say that, you know, a lot of we I do feel like at best we're very well we're well equipped to be fiscally responsible. We know how to manage, even if we don't know what the money is, we know how to manage the money. We know how to make a scene, um, you know, we know how to make a scene better with less, you know what I mean? We know how to detach from, we're all about story, but we also know how to detach from the like, the precious things that won't make it a better film at the end of the day to give the director the material that they need to get in the editing room and, and cut it, you know? So it's, it's interesting to hear you kind of, as you were talking about it, I was like, well, yeah, you know, you know, the, the sun's going down, you don't have enough days. They want you to cut stuff. The person that can be the most logical sphere is the cinematographer because they're looking at the light. We have the relationship to the light. We have the relationship to the money. We have the relationship to the actors. We have the relationship to the directors. So we're the ones that could actually, I think, and I hope, I wish people would utilize this more for this is like, all right, let me think about this. Okay, we need, this is the story. This is, okay, we need this shot, this shot, this shot, da, da, da. We only have 10 minutes, but whatever it is, let's do this. Ba 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 ba. we get it. But I think, you know, it's hard. It's hard for people to, we have such, you know, we're married to these traditional roles, you know what I mean? Our roles are so defined. They actually, you know, it's weird. We're probably, we're in the 21st century, but our role as a cinematographer is being very much defined by a 19th century, a 20th century logic, you know what I mean? And so filmmaking in that sense, the hierarchical needs or the positionality or the, the meritocracy of it all hasn't been worked out because we still work, we're still playing with old, old sets of rules, you know, where, you know, our position is very much blue collar, below the line, and you may still call it below the line, above the line, which is crazy, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, it's very much below the line and, you know, you know, yeah. it's very utilitarian, you know, we put our hands on physical objects and make things happen. And, you know, we have all types of safety things that we have to deal with. And, and you know, as like now we got, you know, we got unions that stand up for us and try to put themselves in a position to represent us in an appropriate way so that we can stay safe. And, and, uh, and make a living wage. So, you know, it's it's funny how much people forget we have to, you know, juggle and think about in order just to like get to one frame, you know what I mean? It's so much, so much, but I can only, so I guess I can only imagine, you know, what it's like for you when you've got the mind of a cinematographer, the eye of a cinematographer, the mind of a cinematographer, but also the mind of a director and executive producer, you know, that's, that's a lot. I hope you're getting, I hope you're getting rest. I hope you, <laughs> Taking naps. <laughs> What's a nap? It was a nap. Is that what is a nap? What How do you spell that? Um, I yeah, no. I mean, I think it's interesting too, because I maybe because I know too much about I and also I care. Like that's the other difference. Not the the problem is is like not every you don't get the sense always, at least when I was shooting, I didn't get the sense that every director cares about the ramifications of what they're doing, yeah. the sort of knock-on effect of the crew. I, and, and like that is a real issue. And the problem, and the thing for me is I can't not know that those, there are ramifications, you know? So I'm always extremely like, 
trying to be sensitive to that, but I, but then sometimes I like have to shut down a big setup and be like, we got to do this a simpler way because, and I don't like to do that because everybody, you know, or maybe my DP was excited about it or whatever, because I have so much, you know, I get it. I've been in that position for so long, but also at a certain point, sometimes I'm actually just doing it so we could get the thing done in the shortest amount of time and not end up pulling people into to as much overtime and and sometimes it's about almost like intercepting that before it even happens because you know that you're going down the wrong road or and also I just think like that you know the other thing that's a little tricky is just being is like listening you know you need to listen to the crew you need to listen if I notice something's wrong, like, I mean, I mean, I've, there's been times where I've been on where I was like, the, I was DPing, directing this indie feature, and I could tell something's wrong because my key, well, because I'm in touch with the crew also as a DP, but like, I, my key grip was not in a great mood, and he's like the happiest person ever, and I was like, what's going on? What's happening that I don't know about? Because how could I know what's going on outside of me and the actor <laughs> moment? Because I was doing like five things, which I shouldn't be probably and they and he's like there's no coffee on set and I'm like what and I'm like are you kidding me right now but this was a really ghetto job you know like and I was like called over my assistant who was amazing and I was like dude here's my card go get whatever coffees everybody wants you know that that should never happen there's other producers there like why is that even why am I worrying about that where I'm already doing like three jobs you know so I'm trying, but like at the end of the day, you don't want to be the head of something where you're like feeling like you're the one who condones the way that people are treated. And I think you have to like make it your business more. And I really do. I have to ask more questions. I have to be more interfere more with what is being asked of the AD department in terms of how they're supposed to like who they're bringing it, how many people are who's coming and when, what is schedule these are all things that like there's already so much information in my brain and I'm like so I have to like figure that out too because like there are times where shit come down that I didn't wasn't aware of you know and I know there's other departments that come in at like 3 a.m and shit and like then they're the last to go and that's not like okay with me and so yeah like it, it does feel like that I could be aware of it and feel terrible about it and stuff and do my, do as much as I can to try to stop it. But the fucked up part is, is, and I think this is different depending on what kind of director you are and what level you're at. And obviously I'm not like up here. I'm like somewhere in there, you know, like, (laughs) but I, but like, you know, sometimes some other jobs I'm on, I have a lot of say and other, and some jobs I'm on, they're just like, this is the way it is. Like, and like people think, there's a lot of things that people think, uh, and I definitely think there's more, that happens to more directors too than we know. But then it's about how you treat people on set too. And that is clear. That's not a secret. Like maybe that director doesn't have a lot of power, but also you can tell that director is doesn't really care that this is running into a 16 hour day. Right. But you can tell that that person cares, you know, but also I can't not care because I'm a DP and I was used, and, and before that I was a key so I'm used to like being like, I'll shut this shit down because it's not. <laughs> that was like my favorite part of the job was shutting a day down. Right, right, right. You see, it's not right, you guys. <laughs> I love that. 
And we did that. And on this job before COVID, we did. I had to do that because my AD and my DP came to me and they're like, dude, we're not even in America. We're not going to get home if we don't, if we shoot today, if we don't go today, if we don't go tomorrow morning and we shoot the next two days, we're not going to get home. And I had to go in and tell the other producers, like, I think we're done now. We're going to, we're going to stop shooting now and we're going to these two days we'll lump them in when we come back whenever that is wow that's like wow right you say oh you say the same when y'all when you all had to get out of the country to get back home during COVID. wow right yeah yeah oh part of that was that but i'm also that my loyalty always is with with the crew so when they ask for something usually i will i mean i mean almost 10 times out of 10 it's like whatever is right for them i'm gonna go that direction because you know yeah that's it it's just that that's the only way i sort of usually can go right right yeah no it's good it's good for it's good for i mean for real it's good for clearly for our generation to hear this but it's good for young people to to hear this you know what i mean because i think we're <clears throat> i think what this next generation of filmmakers is gonna hopefully bring to the table i can't tell i would let it go about something I mean, my dream is or my hope is that folks feel free to move in and out of those positions in a, um, in a freer way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when I was in school, I, I, you know, I did a little bit of everything. I directed stuff, I sh- but I felt like shooting was the thing that really spoke to me. And it was, felt like it's the thing that I could make a living out of. You know what I mean? Like I was measuring, all, I was calculating all those things, but. But you know, we, for me, I was always, I've always been a little fearful to say yes. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, oh, I can shoot and not direct. You know what I mean? Like, I never had that. I never felt confident to put the directing thing in there because there, are, there are parts of it that I don't feel like I'm um, prepared. Period. I won't. I may never get there prepared to do. Um, but also at the same time, I've also had a lot of. Uh, I've calculated saying that because I felt like. I've always felt that if I claim that in a way, then I'll be um, somehow penalized. You know what I mean? Like I'll be somehow, as a cinematographer, I'll lose, I'll lose jobs and people want to work with me anymore. You know what I mean? And I've had to like, I've let that go now. You know what I mean? Like now it doesn't really matter to me. You know, folks could not call me forever. I still gonna have enough to take care of my kids and my family. You know what I mean? Like I'm never gonna go without because I have people around me that will look out for me and. Yeah, you know, my wife and I, we're, we're 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 able to figure things. You know, what I mean, we can pivot, but like, <clears throat> but coming up, you know, in the game, I was definitely like, I saw stuff going down, and I, you know, what I mean, and I always had a feeling or an opinion about it, but I kept usually keep quiet. You know, even to now, I don't really say much about the way a director works with an actor or make a suggestion because that's not really my zone. But I hope that young people hear us, but mainly hear you talk, you talk and give me your stories, or you know, that they coming out of whatever, you know what I mean? Um, there's a kid, there's a young young person in our in our neighborhood, in our community, uh, his name is Jassy Mitchell. Um, this kid grew up on a farm, like outside of Baltimore. Um, his parents are in the community, his dad is a farmer, you know, or like urban farmer. He's got four other siblings, they're all incredible. One of, two of his younger brothers are like also image makers, but you know, Jassy, He's now he's now at NYU. He's like one of the kids that got the the full ride to Tisch undergrad film. You know what I mean? And he's from like right 
literally right around the corner, you know, like we've all watched him make films and with his little camera, his little DSLR with his homie and they they would run around and he would be shooting it, directing it, making t-shirts, not wanting to go to college. I ain't going to college where everybody's like, you got talent. And his dad is like, no, you and his mom and dad are like, you got to go to school. He's like, I'm not going to school. And then, you know, he got into NYU undergrad full ride. It was like. So crazy. But, but he's so fluid. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have, he doesn't have any of that. He's like, you cannot define me um, by these things. You know what I mean? Like I'm an artist. I like, I want to be a part of this um, art form in a free way. And so I hope, you know, more, he had it naturally, you know what I mean? I think probably like growing up as a farm kid and like getting up early to milk the cows and all that stuff. Like he, ain't, <laughs> he didn't have all the other, you know, stuff that some of us may have, you know, growing up. But um, so, he, the, so his, 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 his he's, cause he's relentless. His relentlessness comes naturally, I think for him, but for some kids that may not, you know what I mean? They see themselves as just image makers, filmmakers, artists, you know, hopefully, you know, there's space for them to, walk into the world and just self-determine however they want, you know? Cause I see they're not gonna, I think it's getting better. I don't know. I think it's getting better. I think, you know, um, young people are making stuff the way they want to make it, you know, they don't, and they have people coming to them for it now. You know what I mean? They don't have to like, I was just saying, I was saying to, I was saying to someone, I was saying to Robert, my, one of my commercial agent, I was like, how did, how do we do it without Instagram? Like, how do we get, how do we get jobs? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even, I mean, we- You're not even on Instagram though. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how did, how did these, these young kids, these young cats, they get jobs? People looking at their Instagram, which is incredible. Like, I'm not, ju- I'm not judging. Crazy. It's, I mean, well, I, yeah, that's true. Cause we didn't have Instagram when, when I was DP, like when we were starting out, we didn't have Instagram and and yeah, I don't know how I got jobs. It was just like word of mouth and the circle was super small. Okay. Like it was super small until then. The only way was if you got a film into Sundance. And that was like, I remember that was the only thing I was like, <clears throat> maybe one day I'll get a movie. <laughs> All I have to do is just get a movie in Sundance, get a movie in That's Sundance. That's it. So that I could maybe get paid. Like That's it. I don't hear none of these young cats saying none of that. Like straight up, I'm like asking, like, what? I was talking to a cat recently. I was like, oh yes, when you're done, you gonna put the film on Sunday? He's like, nah, I'm not. Nah, I'm not. I'm not thinking. I'm not putting my film. In. Nah, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna figure it out. It's like, all right, you're gonna put it. He's gonna put it on Vimeo and then put it up on whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even. It's so crazy. It's all kind of. That's changing. You know what I mean? That's changing. Yeah. Um, it was much harder back then. <laughs> it was so. It was. Uh, it was yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I think you know, um, I like some something you said that kind of defines the efficacy of how we work. Is that you know, but you and I definitely cut our teeth on like in small independent New York films, you know. Um, <clears throat> so we know how to put ourselves in tight situations, literally and figuratively and still, you know, come out with something that is, um, is felt, has something to say and looks good, you know? Um, yeah, like if you have no money, like I could still work with a budget that's like, I mean. I prefer. Yeah, I prefer too. <laughs> like the budget of the thing I did, the movie 
two movies ago, it was like, I think it was a one twelfth of the budget that I had with the movie that followed it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it was less, maybe it was like one sixteenth or something. Right. And I feel better about that film, but the smaller one, but you know, you don't, they, they, you don't feel, I don't feel that people are getting treated necessarily better on the big things. And yeah, like that's the problem. I feel like you almost have more control on the little things to make. First of all, it's more intimate. You can make people feel more appreciated and you could do more, but it, you also have less stuff, but you actually could fix the problems on a more face-to-face like individual basis, you know? But like when you were saying before about how you thought thing you think things when you're on set, like you think things, but you're not like gonna say to the director, like, oh hey, what about this? I was like had a lot of those moments when I was DPing and I got really frustrated because there was there was I knew what directors I could say something to and what directors I couldn't, you know. There's certain directors that were like definitely if you see anything, tell me, you know, Mm -hmm. or they were my close friend. And I wouldn't abuse it. It would just be like only when I really had a strong feeling about something. But I maybe whisper something in their ear, not to undermine anything. But then there's direct then I did see directors that were like, yeah, like didn't have a good bedside manner. We're treating actors like treating crew like crap treating actors like shit and like you know that I didn't understand either and there was times where I saw that happening with the actors and I couldn't say anything because the director was just not that type of director where I could really step in Mm. but also there was a time I remember a long time where I worked with a particular director and I was just like saw a situation I was just like this is not right and I said something I was like you can't talk to a person like that you know and you're not going to get what you want out of them by telling them they're bad you know like (laughs) (laughs) so I think sometimes I think I didn't feel confident as a director either like going to directing either but I did feel I saw a lot of shit happening and I was like, I just wouldn't do it like that. And I also didn't like going onto every set and not knowing what I was going to get. Cause you, no matter how many red of the signs you look for, you, you never know when you're going to get that bipolar producer or director or whoever it is that does dictate the mood, you know, and it trickles down. And I just didn't like that anymore. And like, I was like, well, maybe at least I could, you know, be able to erase that part of it and make it fun, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun if we're doing it. We talked about, I think we talked about this last time too. It was like, it's, if we're going to do this job, we should be having a blast. Like A blast. A blast. Yeah, like it shouldn't suck that well, bad. I mean, part of having a blast is, you know, Maybe this is a good segue to what's about to happen on Monday. Well, we'll see if it happens on Monday, but I mean, you're in London right now. It's like one of my favorite. I, I, I went to London as like a younger person when I wasn't a filmmaker. I was trying to be a filmmaker and then I didn't go back for like almost 20 years. And then I went back for solo. And this time I had a family, you know what I mean? Two children. Um, 
How long did you guys come over here for when you came back to do that? Um, damn, over there. Well, it's like a year and a half, a year, year and some change, you know, because we changed directors and all of that. So we were there for a while, you know, okay. and um, it, you know, so when you're there for that long, you know, several things start happening. You start to develop community. You meet people. You start hanging out with cats. You know, actually, actually, um, um, Autumn was there during that time. We hung out a couple of times, but like, so there was the filmmakers that were around, but they were like, we would just end up, we just ended up hanging out with, you know, folks that my wife met that are just not even in film. You know, just, just, right, just you know, just, you just start developing community. Start having friends, people that you're interested in, you start hanging out. And we then you start to develop a rhythm and a flow. And then you start creating a life there, you know, and, you know, you have your favorite restaurants, your favorite grocery store, the things on the weekend, you know, wake up on Saturday, we had Saturdays off, you know, wake up on Saturday, you go have a brunch, you refuel, you get to know your children again, you don't have all that anxiety and all that pressure and all that guilt from not being around and, you know, your partnership is hopefully working out a little better because you, you get that time together, like Steph and I would always have like Sundays as date night, like we would walk, <laughs> we would walk from Labyrinth Grove all the way we'd be all the way, we were walking super, super east and go have dinner and come all the way back to Maidaville. You know what I mean? That was everything for us. And um, and I'm say, I guess I'm saying all to say that like being with my family in London, working reasonable hours in an environment that was like supportive pretty much on every level. You know what I mean? Like I always said, I think you've heard me say it before, like I wasn't mature enough to understand what folks were trying to tell me because I was still like in that indie film, like, Howard University, like, ah, I don't trust none of you, I don't trust anybody, but they were all like, it's cool, like, you don't have to worry about, like, we really respect you, like, calm down, that was kind of the energy, and once I understood at the end, I was like, oh, man, I had so much, so many, I could have taken advantage of so many other things, and I didn't, because I was a little bit not trusting, um, but the main thing was, like, having time with my family and working reasonable hours, and I just feel like when I see I can watch that movie over and over again because I don't see the pain in the image like the way I've seen in other films that I've done. You know what I mean? And not, most, most films I've worked on have been reasonable in that way. It's not crazy, you know? Um, it can get crazy, but it's not unreasonable. But that environment is, was so conducive, not only me for my creativity and my art practice, because people understood how to mitigate, you know, our dream and our aspirations for the film, but in, and how that understand with that how that makes sense fiscally. Um, but also at the same time, they were like, yo, you gotta get reps. You gotta go home on the weekend. You're not working Saturday and Sunday. Like it was quiet. It would be quiet. No emails. Like Toby Hefferman, the AD, who's incredible, like no emails. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these guys, you I ain't hear from anybody from production until Monday when I first then I get there. There would be decisions that were made. They were like, oh, thanks for taking care of that. You know what I mean? Just that when you get in that zone where they know it's Saturday and Sunday, he's not thinking about the techno crane. Gary Hems got it, you know what I mean? And Toby probably called Gary for like 10 minutes, like, hey, Gary, just want you know, Mr. G, like, can you do this thing? And then they would do it and I would show up and I didn't, I wasn't being territorial or protective. Like, why is the tech, you know what I mean? It would be like, oh, thank you. Cause I didn't, wasn't thinking about it, you know? And so when you get in that zone, it's like, it's the best feeling, you know what I mean? We don't have to wear no suit to set. We can work, we're working with our friends. We, you know what I mean? All the things that, that are just not us, we don't have to, uh, pretend like we're gonna be those things that, that we enjoy it. You know, so many people flying on airplanes, you're not flying on airplanes, sitting in these business class seats next to people that you can see are just like, 
they look miserable, man. You know, they're away from their family. They got all that stuff going on. So it doesn't make sense why, you know what I mean? That's why Monday, you know, whatever happens with the strike, you know, it all makes sense. You know what I mean? When I look at it, you know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm from that family that, you know, my father was Adam and my grandfather remained with my father, which is like, he didn't know what was gonna become of my like personal, my professional career. But like one thing he put in my head from the one day one is like never cross the picket line, you know what I mean? So I understand, you know what I mean? I understand why it's important for us to take positions and organize ourselves to protect not only our craft, but our interest, our human interest. So I think that, you know, you know, you saying having fun, you know, it's just this moment is to remind folks like, we ain't having fun. You're not gonna get good stuff from us if I'm not seeing my children, you know what I mean? Like there are some cats amongst us that don't have that same worry or desire and got, you know, whatever, however they balance that with their family, they don't need to see their family, you talk to their family, like that's their own personal time. But I'm, most of the cats I know need that. They need that, you know, they need to be with their family. They need to be with their, their kinfolk in order to really deliver because um, it's so tied to their craft and their practice. So just, you know, Monday, I just hope, you know, all this time is beautiful because we spent all this time marinating, sitting at home, not working or whatever you were doing. Now we, like, I feel like all the stuff that we kind of said we're gonna, was going to pop off, <laughs> you know, when we went back to set, it actually, none of that really had to happen. What had to happen is what's happening right now, like a unified front of us just saying three basic things, like pay us more, which is like nothing to ask, right? It's pennies compared to what most of these cats are probably in at the end of the film. We want to work less, which it doesn't matter where I work in the world, no matter where outside of the US, I'm only working 10 hours. And if we're working more than 10 hours, cats are like, it's people are, you can see folks are not feeling, people start getting a little feeling like I was in Paris recently shooting on a commercial. You get to that 11th hour, people were like, I'm not feeling this. You know what I mean? And so you can see it's- I like they want to go home. Yeah. Cats want to go home. Cats want to be hanging out as much as less than the time with each other. Go. Um, yeah, you know, and and having time to our family, having time to our family, you know. So maybe this is what our last conversation was really about. Is just you know we were formulating it in our head on an individual level, but what we really were doing was a a course of you know one hundred fifty thousand technicians, artists, craftspeople who were all saying we created a wave and energy, you know, to say that we're not putting up with it, you know, and I think we have to, you know, hopefully we'll stick to that, you know what I mean? We'll, we'll see that change, you know, you know, it's, you know, I think it's, yeah. I know, I, 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 yeah, yeah. So I just, I just think, didn't understand when I went over here um, to Europe in general, the 10 hours and, French hours and stuff. And not everybody wants a working lunch and it's not really great for everybody, but the, I did feel in general, even though I have no free time to eat and, you know, whatever. And there's certain people that are the key people on set that can't walk away. Um, you got it. There has, there is a way to do it, to do it in a smart way where you can allow everyone to have that you know, walk away for 15 minutes or tap out, go do what they have to do and like do the 10 hours. But I remember when I came back after doing that a few times um, to New York and it was like, I came back to New York and I'm, 
Oh, we'll never get, no one here will, ne they'll never agree to French hours over here because everyone here wants to work. They like the OT. And I was like, they do? I mean, I know we like OT sometimes. We liked it when I was getting, when I was like working in crew, I, yeah, it was like cool to get OT. But most of the time we were all like, this fucking sucks. Right. <laughs> Like you need the money, but also it's like abusive. So really, you just need to get paid more. That's it. That's it. You just got to get paid more as a base. Do the 10 hours. And yes, there will be times where there's probably going to be a little bit of overtime. That's like just the nature of, of the business. But also schedule the, the days more realistically and try to avoid it for real. Not yeah. plan for it. Like, don't overstuff the box i think that's the problem when people go in they don't leave enough of a contingent i i think in the budget they're just not leaving enough of a contingency for these situations so it's like already if the rates just change and the rates just become what they are with a more fair rate yep. that more living wage so people don't need to do ot in order to pay their bills like they actually would i think everyone's gonna work happier and and faster probably too, knowing yeah. that, that they don't need to do OT in order to get what they need out of the job. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. just like a circle of, you know. So so I think it's great that people have finally, everyone's kind of saying we, we're not gonna do this anymore because we always talked about the safety on set. We always talked about, it wasn't right having, you know, you have, an away, you have a job, it's not an away job officially, but like everyone's gonna drive, it's within the zone, but like it's at the furthest point. And so people are driving home super late at night or after an overnight, they're driving home the next morning and like they haven't, you know, they worked 16 hours and they're, you know, didn't eat much food. And especially now, I think, especially now what I've noticed is and since COVID and everything, there's no food. There's not really any food coming around. There's no food coming. There's no food. There's no food. I so mean, they're saving money on food. Where's I mean, I know the money. Listen, COVID obviously cost a bazillion. Like all that money is going now to the people to who are the, testing and right. <laughs> there's all these new positions and stuff. But still, like you feed the feeding the crew is like that. That's the fuel, you know. If just for the basic day. Forget about the overtime. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was just, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, like, you said, I don't have time to eat. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, eating. Was, yeah, it was crazy. Well, it's like, well, I was just thinking, you know, it's that thing too about a healthy working environment. Like, I'm definitely not like, I know that eating, when I'm working, eating, like, you know, when blood's going other places, it kind of takes away, you know what I mean? We all know that bad, like that's not a secret. It's probably, it's probably not the healthiest like eating behavior in general, but you know, some of us, that's kind of how we operate and you know, still able to live healthy lives. Outside of that, it still be well. But I will say though, two things usually happen when, I'm, when I eat on set. <laughs> Either I'm like not eating because I'm still sitting on the set, like trying to figure out the next thing or i'm not eating because you know i feel like if i eat or i sit down and i take that energy and that it's gonna be hard for me to like kick back into gear for the next thing right and 
everybody universally, everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that that's like, you know, you're, you come back to Seth a meeting and everybody's saying, oh man, I shouldn't have ate that now. Now I'm tired. You know, that I'm so everybody knows that's what, <laughs> that's like the, what ends up happening. But I realized too that like, that is such an unhealthy way of, um, we have anxiety. We have crazy anxiety around when we're working, you know what I mean? And it prevents us from doing like the most essential thing, like drinking water, eating, you know, sitting down and eating in a civilized way without all of these like things sitting on top of us. And it never, it's never not that. It's never like sitting for lunch. I mean, on commercials sometimes, Com commercials, yeah. On commercials, I'm relaxed. Everybody's just kind of like taking these. But on movies, man, where I feel like they need the most out of us, maximum output on every level, um, emotionally and, uh, you, know, you know, mentally and physically, emotionally, um, you know, we've, again, that's one of those things that I think, you know, hopefully these, this 10 hour idea, as you said, or this idea of like, pay us more so we don't have to do the OT, you know what I mean? Um, we're not, you don't incentivize OT, you know what I mean? Pay folks more so they feel like, all right, well, we, you know, we've done what we can do. We're going to go home for the day. I don't need to be here because I've got the money. Um, I think one of the things is like taking that anxiety out of making stuff, you know what I mean? That, that whole, yeah. You know, and I think that's back to what you were saying about just scheduling these days properly and, um, you know, making sure it's sustainable, not just for the people that are working for you, but also sustainable for like the story. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think the story, yeah. suffers, the story yeah. suffers too. That's true. And you're not often getting enough time to even get the basics you need for the story. Because then later what I found is, is like the people, you know, executives or whoever or whatever whoever's in charge they're like well we really want it to be you know we wish we had got we wish we had this or we want to be able to get x y and z and it's like you didn't even give us enough time to get like the most like skeletal coverage possible do you know right. what i mean like, and then we only got, you know, it's like, oh, we've got one camera. Well, can't we just sneak another camera? You can't just sneak another camera and you need a whole other crew for that camera. Right. It's not going to be fast or efficient unless you have all those people. Right. Right. There's so many things that, that you're like, when are when is everyone going to learn? When are, when are those people going to understand? If you want this, you got to pay. You got to pay for this. Yeah. And y'all the mayor. They're the mayor and the governor and the council people of the town. That's what basically what they are. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you got to take care of the town. You know what I'm saying? You got to like, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the the wisdom they need to bring to the table. I think that's like the producerial school. You know, not <clears throat> plenty of folks do it, but for the folks that don't understand that, like there needs to be a new pedagogy, a new book written. Like you all are powerful. You are the mayor, the governor of this town. Like take care of your constituents. You know what I'm saying? If you don't take care of your constituents, then it's like, you know, You're it's not gonna happen. Yeah. That's the thing. There's not enough appreciation too, I think for, everyone just takes it for granted and probably more so now, like they're like, oh, nobody work or people weren't working. So they really want work. Yeah. So they really do whatever. But it's just like, it's brutal. Like it's like really, 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 brutal and long and physical and physical you know you forget about the people that are doing actual actually doing the physical work you know yeah. I shot, shot something recently for someone and I wasn't directing I was DPing again and it was just like a short 
um, shoot for a different type of a film, but, but, and it was like weird to be back in that position again. It was sort of really refreshing to actually be back mm -hmm. in the crew position. My brain felt so free and like calm and like, I just was enjoying like lighting again and holding yeah. the camera. And I like the, the physical and I like the, the pain of like sitting for long hours with the thing on my shoulder. But, you know, also it's a lot of physical work. Like it's a lot of physical work and the people, you know, people's bodies are, they don't have time because most of the people I know who were, most of my friends who are like, you know, working as, you know, with their gaffers or keys or, or they're in the camera department, they don't take any days off. So when do they go to their doctor appointments? And like, when do they do just like mm -hmm. stuff to like, make sure their body is like functioning properly? Cause I certainly have a very, if I didn't have the, even in my, po the post period of editing the thing I'm on now, like I can't really take time off during the day to go to the doctor but I just made the choice that I got to do it yeah. but I still don't do all the physical like I'm sure there's loads of people that have like physical therapy they're supposed to do and like things like that and they don't do it because they're working all the time and you're just so tired that's it that's it yeah yeah no it's a it's a vicious it's a vicious cycle you know what I mean and hopefully this moment will be a um you know, the strike will be not that this is not that we're doing a round table to promote the strike, but this moment will be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This moment will, you know, will be a bit of a sea change, you know what I mean? Because, you know, if I have to, you know, agree to these terms and, and then now we know it's possible, you know what I mean? Like, we'll know if it gets sticky again, we have to make another change, you know? Um, it will, and it, it will be, inevitably it will be, you know what I mean? every generation is going to have their responsibility to ask for something. Yeah. That's what, that's what the things that they need, you know, and. Um, the rules have to, they have to change with the time, but they, they never really changed enough to be sustainable. Yeah. And people can't keep going on like this. Right. 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 Nah, it's nice. Now we don't have a choice. <laughs> now it has to all go on hold for a hot second and it's fun you know it's interesting because you you know you're it, it like as as a director or ep like it'll it affects you differently but it's interesting you know it affects you in an, another kind of way um but but because you've you come from the crew world because you come from behind the camera you know on the, in the on the below the and the below the line level you know what I mean? That's the, that's what I, I guess, that's the, maybe the other takeaway is that we, we, even within our own sphere of creating, we need to be nurturing folks to like, you don't have to be a direct, you don't have to be, but like the cinematographer as the EP, you know what I mean? Like those things, we need to understand. It's like, it's just like starting a lens company or starting a, uh, an outdoor apparel company or whatever. Like you're not gonna be, it's not gonna be some some dudes in suits who don't hike on the weekend, who don't even don't know any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna make it. They're gonna, they're gonna, they understand the marketplace and why it's valuable, but the people who are gonna make the product, the people who are gonna actually 
put it to the test are the ones who actually hike and rock climb and climb mountains and mountaineers. Those are the folks you need in conversation with the cats to understand the, the, the pro forma of it all. Those people need to come together, you know? And so that's the thing, it's like being on set, having our feet in the mud, the person that never sits down, you know what I'm saying? In between setups, we're, we're still jamming, you know what I mean? Like we have a perspective. We see stuff, we hear stuff, you know what I mean? Like, as you said, how many times an actor has turned to you and been like, what just happened? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like that was weird. Yeah, it's just like not, nor it's not normal. Like, also there's just like a thing of like people being like, yeah, yeah, they just, it's, it's, it, there's, there is a real class system. Yeah, no doubt, cast, cast cast system you know yeah and it's sort of like the people you there's loads of people i work with that are really cool that don't that they ignore that and then there's loads of people that it's like for me it's like every single person every single person's important and um yeah wait um i think someone's like ringing yeah you ring your bell yeah yeah go ahead we, we can we can end it wait. I was gonna say that's a good way to end it. Every single person is important. <laughs> yeah, no Every doubt. single person is important for sure. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I just think like it's not. We got to get out of that mentality of like people are expendable. Yeah, yeah. In general, universally, universally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Takes work. There's a lot more to say on this, but obviously we have to like <laughs> we have to. Well, we no, I mean, I wonder what's going to happen. I really wonder. What, I just hope that the smart thing happens. I hope that they make a big adjustment. I think they, so. They got to throw a bone. Yeah, and if not, then we have to. You know, we have to keep. Yeah. Keep pushing back until we're happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. The, fi- the final decision isn't the final decision. We all got to agree on it, right? So, yeah. You know, 100%. But. Cool. Reed, thanks. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, no, nah, I just got happy to see you. I'm happy to see you too. Yeah, man. It's good. It's been, a- yeah, we yeah. haven't seen each other in person in years. Like, ASC Awards, I don't even remember what year. I know. We got to rectify <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm around. I'm chilling. Holla at me. Yeah, I'll come over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, hey, come, hey, come to Baltimore. Bring the, bring the boys. Yeah, these, these, these children can run in the park. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, come through. Come through. We got. There's a lot of vibes. There's some vibes down here. Some filmmakers down here trying to do things. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I want to check it out. I want to see yeah. the house. See yeah, all yeah, the yeah. Friends. Yeah, I'm in my, I'm in my friend's house now because. Right now, taking this call because my house was it's homeschooling right now. It's, it's busy. It's loud. We yeah. wouldn't have a good, it wouldn't be a crisp audio. Oh my god! I have a great. Oh hey hey, what's up? Erin's on set, so just want to say thank you. She said thank you and that she loves you both. <laughs> tell her that we love her. We'll do. <laughs> See y'all Hi, soon. Brad. Yeah, hey, how are you? You good? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, everything's good. Good seeing you. Nice. Good seeing you too. Yeah. Hi, right, Ree. Have fun in London. How long? How long are you gonna be there? You gonna be there for a couple months? For a month or two? 
Probably like November 16th. Oh, yeah, have fun, man. Have fun. All right. Have I'll fun. try.